Air. <clears throat> that was kind of trash. Hold up. Air. All right, man. So, um, I clearly don't have an intro. Um, I don't have any fancy interludes. I don't have any triumphant and climactic theme music to cue me into my grand entrance of this podcast shit. I don't have none of that. I'm just going to hit you with a ear and we're going to keep it pushing. Because I'm not going to try and break through the clutter of this podcast shit by trying to be more professional than everyone else and have higher production value and shit. That's just not how I'm going to get busy up here. Because they're already occupying that lane and it's a little slow for me and I'm a little late to the party with that. But what I can do is skirt over to the other lane, deliver on better content, I can spark more important dialogue, have healthier conversations, and I can talk to the fans from the perspective of a fan. And that's how I'm going to get busy up here. And that's how I'm going to bring it to you live, off the cuff, off the couch, real, organic, genuine talk. Just that talk. Now, with that being said, this talk will be exclusively on Anchor. I've chose Anchor as my platform because for one, it is super simplistic. It's minimal. It's efficient to use. And for someone that's technologically inept like myself, um, it's a fucking breath of fresh air, man. This is a dream app. All I have to do is punch in and punch out straight from my phone. No mic, no engineer, none of that. So offer it amazing functionality of the actual app and this the second reason why i'm using it as my platform is because anchor is also a social media network it's anchor is like a like a fucking hub for people trying to get their voices heard which is a genius idea it should have been done a long time ago it's a no-brainer it's no wonder why they're dumping millions of dollars into it it's something that i really forecast to take off and I think that it's, it's important for people that are trying to get their voices heard to stop flooding SoundCloud and YouTube because that's no way to gain exposure at this point. That shit is already saturated. It's slow for that. It is time to find new opportunities and new platforms and try and be at the top of these new platforms. So you have so it requires a little research and and it requires a little. Um, trend forecasting to be able to identify this type of shit so this is me doing that you know what i mean i fuck with the movement of anchor and um i'm off on a tangent a little bit right now but i wrote a fucking eight page paper today i'm extremely hyper i drank a gang of coffee i'm pacing around my living room like a psychopath and i'm just ready to get busy into these topics man um let me drink this water real quick see what's cool is i can punch in right there but I don't want to lose my train of thought. Uh, today is Monday, January 29th. Yesterday was the Grammys. There's a gang of topics that I want to uh, stem and branch off of from that. Um, on Friday, Migos dropped Culture 2. That is gigantic. I'm going to, of course, have my takes and my commentary and my criticisms and my praise of that. Um... And there's some other topics that I feel like weren't covered appropriately in the hip-hop media and the hip-hop blogosphere, like the Twitter rant Joey Badass went on 
about rap being in a trash state right now. I want to take a deep dive into that and open the floor for some broader discussion, man, because um, that's what we're here to do. So uh, Anchor does the whole thing where you have to record each thing in episodes, so it's only like five minutes at a time. So I only have 40 seconds left, so I might as well just transition into the next one. So I'll be back in point two. Alright, yo, so I realized that this was supposed to be a Grammy recap. I was going to give you a Culture 2 review, and I was going to take a deep dive into the uh, Joey Badass Twitter rant about rap being trash right now, but, and I might still get to those things. I, we'll see where my energy is at tomorrow, but I had a bunch of work to do today, and I'm not really going to squeeze it in and make too much time for it. I'm just trying to do this at my leisure because it's not like I have fans to disappoint yet. As, as people start coming in, I'll start prioritizing in it more. But as I'm driving to work here, I'm realizing that this shit is accessible at all times. And as I'm driving to work, listening to sports talk radio, I could just press pause for point two, pick up the phone, open anchor and start recording and go in on the uh, sports talk topics that they're doing. Now, I do not want to be known as the sports analysis dude. And I don't want to be the person people go to for sports coverage, but I definitely know my shit. And I definitely have some takes. And the Pistons are bugging the fuck out, bro. ESPN just um, broke the news about Blake Griffin getting traded to the Pistons, dog. And the Pistons gave up their left nut to get this dude, Blake Griffin, bro. And I don't know about all that. Blake Griffin just got left off the all-star team for context. He's really not aging that well. Um, For a dude that relies a lot on his athleticism, I don't know where his trajectory's at. I know he's working on the jump shot. I know he's been working on the handle, but that's been years in the making. How much can he grow with that? He's expensive. I question his motor and his motivation to win. Sometimes it feels like he's more into being a celebrity than an NBA champion. So um, with that being said, let me tell for the people that don't know, I'm sure you'll find out by now, the the Pistons gave up not only a first-round pick, but a second-round pick. Not only an all-NBA first-team defender and amazing signing in the offseason in Avery Bradley, they also gave up a 20-points-per-game scorer in Tobias Harris, who is on an upwards trajectory, and a fucking giant down low in um, Bogdanovich. So... And in exchange, they get Blake Griffin, of course. They get Willie Reed, who pretty much serves no purpose. He's pretty much a burger, a Jace. And then they get Bryce Johnson, who's, I don't want to call him a burger, but he's definitely a roster filler in the grand scheme of this trade. He's a athletic utility player at best, solid defender, but nothing, nothing that makes this trade any juicier um, for the Pistons. Now, the Pistons are going to be in basketball purgatory for a while. They don't know if they're rebuilding or working around Blake. They just traded their pick, so they're kind of trying to win now, but they're eighth in the East, ninth in the East, and um, I don't see them going anywhere with this. I know, I'm sure Stan Van Gundy's going to get them some dubs. He's going to find, Reggie Jackson's going to find a way to get Drummond and Blake buckets, but they're not going to go anywhere with this squad. Let's call it what it is. I'm going to be up here calling it like it is in sports because I don't give a fuck. Um, and the Clippers, the Clippers went from basketball purgatory to kind of set in the future now. And once again, the West is pulling moves on the East in the front office and just continuing to create that imbalance, man. So 
I don't want to get into too big of a deep dive about sports, but I just thought I'd cover that real quick while I'm driving because I'm trying to um, make the best use out of time here. And, you know, why listen to people talk about sports when I could just go in, you know? Alright, so um, I got home early and I realized that I actually do want to recap the Grammys and I do want to review Culture 2 because this shit is actually fun to me. So without wasting any time, man, I'm just going to um, get right into the Grammys. I'm going to start with the um, – just go, just run down each category, say who won, say who I think should have won and um, what, are, what my takeaways are from it. So I'll start with Album of the Year, the big one, the one that I think opens up the broader discussion for how um, – how much attention the Grammys paid to hip-hop this year. Because for years, the Grammys has uh, been neglecting hip-hop and kind of throwing it under the rug and really almost blatantly denying its influence, even though hip-hop is the number one selling genre. It's the number one most influential genre. It's, 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 it's undeniable at this point. So it's good to see. I know a lot of people say fuck the Grammys, but it is highly regarded as the biggest award in music. And I think... It's re- I like throwing hip hop in the faces of people that hate it and and forcing them to to sit at home on their couch and be like, damn, well this shit is actually kind of good. It kind of makes sense why people like this and and, and you know and, and I like and I like how uncomfortable it makes it feel. It's fucking exciting for me. I was sitting there in my living room watching it with my mom's friends and neighbors watching Kendrick take this big powerful stance and um, all 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 this um, socially conscious symbolism and it was just so. It was just so exciting for me to watch. But anyway, I'm off on a tangent here. Album of the year. So there's really three rappers being acknowledged here. Although none of them win, Bruno Mars wins with 24 Karat Magic. But a lot of people are disappointed by this, and I still consider it a win for hip-hop because Bruno Mars had to take from hip-hop in order to make this album. This album is heavily influenced by hip-hop, like early party rocker, late 80s, early 90s, fun, um, enthusiastic hip-hop with, with, um, with similar themes in um, today's hip-hop. But there's no making that R&B album without hip-hop influence by Bruno Mars. So that is still a win for hip-hop. Um, I know that Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, which was nominated, isn't a hip-hop album. I know it's like a psychedelic neo soul um, f- funk contemporary R and B hybrid, but Childish Gambino is a rapper by trade. Um, we are most definitely claiming Donald Glover as part of hip hop culture, so that's a win for hip hop. Obviously, 444, Jay Z's the greatest rapper of all time, being recognized at the Grammys. Kendrick Lamar is the greatest rapper right now, being recognized at the Grammys, and the only album of the year nominee that isn't tied to hip-hop is the lord one and i mean they had they had to they had to give they had to give them something so i know people are upset that um bruno mars won it wasn't kendrick or jay-z or anything like that but i still overall man album of the year is a big win for hip-hop in the grand scheme of things if you if you put credence into the grammys if not you know fuck it 
All right, so um, record of the year, just to um, distinguish the difference between record of the year and song of the year, for those who may not know, record of the year is the actual sonic presentation of the record. So everything from the mix of the engineer to the master of the engineer to the beat by the producer to the vocal performance of the artist, everything that actually goes into the sonic recording of the record as opposed to song of the year, which is just the songwriting and um, the instrumentation of it. Now, this one, once again, goes to Bruno Mars, 24 Karat Magic, and I'm not going to lie, this one disappointed me a little bit. I would have really liked to see Redbone, Childish Gambino get it, just because of how unique that record is from top to bottom. Uh, Despacito, happy that didn't get it. Story of OJ was just amazing. Probably uh, the best standout from that album, so I really would have liked to see that win. Humble by Kendrick, I, I thought that would have been a big win for hip-hop. But, um... So, um, Song of the Year, which is the songwriting, once again, this really pissed me off because um, that's what I like by Bruno Mars gets it. And from a songwriting perspective, from a lyrical perspective, what the fuck does this song bring that 444 by Jay-Z does not bring? I'm sorry. There was just too many layers to 444, too much transparency, too much honesty in those lyrics. It was almost like scathing to listen to the narrative was just so juicy and um the way we j hove just let us pick out his brain like that was a fucking treasure and it's it's a shame that they didn't um it's a shame that they didn't reward him for that and um and and celebrate and just um yeah man so i only have five seconds left on this shit i'm just going to transition to the next one to um continue to come Okay, again, Anchor only lets me record in five-minute increments. That's probably my only complaint that I have about this app so far, but it's really not a big deal for me to just punch in and uh, pick up where I left off. So what I was about to get into was Best New Artist, which... Um let me pull it up real quick. It went to Alicia Cara, which I'm really not mad at. I just question if she's a new artist. Um, I know she came out like two years ago with a hit single with Here, which was an amazing song. Um... But yeah, I'd have to see their criteria on what a new artist is before I got into that. But again, I think uh, Def Jam's doing a great job with her, and I'm a big fan of her voice and um, her personality, all that. Uh, Khalid got nominated. His album was great. Lil Uzi Vert, eh, that would have been a good win for hip-hop, but his debut album was kind of underwhelming. I'm not going to give you best new artist off the strength of a hit single. Julia Michaels, I'm uneducated on her catalog. I don't want to I don't want to say she didn't deserve it, but I don't know. And um, SZA. Uh, I think SZA probably deserved it the most out of all these people. She had the best album out of everyone here. So my pick would have been SZA. Not mad at Alicia Cara. Now, best rap performance. This is uh, what the artist does as far as taking the song and how well they perform it. And this went to um, Kendrick Lamar, Humble, which I'm not mad at just because of how, how much Kendrick put into the energy of that song. But me personally, my pick for this song, this might surprise a lot of people that know me, would have been Bodak Yellow, Cardi B. Just because, again, it's like who took the song and performed it the best. Like the, her personality, her delivery, her energy is the focus of that record. It's everything. That song just is Cardi B in a nutshell. And I think when you're talking about performance, man... I'd have to give it to Cardi B. And this is her moment. When the fuck else is Cardi B going to win a Grammy? So I think it would have been cool to see her celebrate. That acceptance speech would have made for great television. Um, Big Sean bounced back, got nominated here. I think they just um, nominated Big Sean so that he would show up. 
bad and bougie Migos. Uh, 444 would have been cool to see that win just because of how much emotion Ho put into that record and the delivery of it. But um, best rap song, again, this is the uh, from a lyrical perspective and songwriting and instrumentation perspective. Um, Bodak Yellow, no, not in this category. Chase Me, nah. Humble is the one that won. I'm, again, not mad at it. But I would have liked to see Sassy by Rhapsody win or Story of OJ by Hove to win. And it's really surprising me that one of those didn't get it just because they were, they're really celebrating diversity at the Grammys this year. And Rhapsody being a female rapper would have been a really cool um, moment and a really cool way for the, um, the Grammys to get that message across. And same thing with Story of OJ, just with how socially conscious it is from a, a songwriting perspective and just that just the, the riff on that narrative. Um, but anyway, yeah, they gave it to Humble. Definitely not mad. Best rap album again. I'm not mad at Kendrick getting it with Damn. I personally like 444 better, but it's fucking close, man. I like 444 better top to bottom, but Kendrick Lamar probably had better moments on Damn. Definitely better singles. Um, Culture by Migos was a good nominee. Um, Layla's Wisdom by Rhapsody again. That would have been a great upset win. That was definitely the surprise album of the year that nobody saw coming. Uh, Flower Boy by Tyler. I don't really see how that belongs there with the rest of these people, but um, people tend to like that album. People lean towards it. Uh, best rap slash song performance. This category confused me a little bit, but to my understanding, it's the best R&B slash rap hybrid just based on these nominees here. And Loyalty with Kendrick and Rihanna won it. I think it was just good for the Grammys to get Rihanna up there with Kendrick and and accept and accept that early on in the awards i think that's what mostly this winner was about because um they didn't give it to crew with gold link um brent fires and shy glizzy and i think that that was the best r&b hip-hop blend that you could really get i mean just between the hook and um what shy glizzy and gold link really bring to the table as far as approach they kind of provide two different perspectives on that shit i really like that song it's hitting right now um family feud jay and beyonce should have won too scissor could have won with travis scott um that's about it man uh as far as the grammys uh, performance wise, of course, Kendrick tore it down. Cardi B had her moment with Bruno Mars. Um, Childish Gambino played that one song that I can't think of the name, but I only had 20 seconds left, so I'm not going to punch in and try and think of it. But um, whatever song he performed, that shit was slept on. And I can't think of who else killed it as far as hip hop. Shout out fucking Shaggy, dude. Shaggy came out of nowhere with Sting and he kind of killed it. Um,. Yeah, dude, hip-hop, Grammys, it was sick. Not mad. Yeah, man, so with the Grammys, Kendrick pretty much cleaned up. He dominated his performance. He established himself as the biggest rapper in the world, and Hove got humbled, no pun intended, and um, went home empty-handed. But, I mean, Hove's had a million moments. This is This is Kendrick's time, so I'm really not mad at it. Again, I'm not mad. So... Let's get into this Culture 2 review, man. Migos, um, the biggest rap group in the world, one of the biggest ever, are following up with the sequel to their breakthrough smash debut album, Culture, which was an effort that was backed by a list of smash singles, including Bad and Bougie, T-Shirt, Slippery, um, 
I think Get Right With You might have been a single too, but what's really slept on was the album cuts on this thing. I mean, this it was it was 13 tracks long, and they really didn't miss on a single fucking one. I think that Dead's with Two Chains was a slept on um, record. I think that um, Call Casting might have been slept on a little bit. I mean, it depends on who you ask, but man, Culture One was just such a good album. And um, this is what they followed up, man, with and off rip. Um. The differences between this shit is, for one, the length. I mean, we went from 13 tracks on the first one to um, 24 tracks on um, this new Culture 2 joint. And that really just rubs me the wrong way because I might be cynical and I'm realizing the trend and what a lot of these labels are doing with streaming equivalent album sales. The more records that you put on an album, the more it is going to get streamed and get equated to a, a full album song. Or a full, I'm sorry, a full album song. A full um, album stream. So, yeah, that just that just seemed a little greedy, but I tried to look past it going in. Um... It started off with the intro that I thought was kind of stale. It didn't really it didn't really do much for me, but it was an intro. It kind of just set the vibe a little bit. And then um it goes into Superstars, which was one of the singles that um came out before, and I really wasn't impressed with that. I thought it was a I thought it was a miss overall for um Amigo's single, especially considered what they're coming off of. I think that I think that I can chalk Superstars up as a miss. Um then it goes into narcos i really thought that the hook was lazy on this thing um bad bitches only with 21 savage this has the potential to be a hit i think that 21 savage did his thing on the feature autopilot which is a quavo beat quavo um recently started making beats as far as i'm concerned i think he really nails this one this was the first record with autopilot that i was like okay i like this i'm with this one this song is replay value instantly saved it to the playlist and was like all right i'm bumping that um walk it talk it i think that they spoiled a good drake feature with that with an annoying hook and um just like a repetitive one and it really doesn't have that bounce on the beat to follow it um emoji a chain is hilarious i think that the concept of it is funny i think that that song's a hit cc with gucci Mane, another good record i really like the um i really like the gucci feature actually and then Stir Fry, which was a single that came out before with, with the um, Pharrell beat. And I really like the um, the modernization. Or not the modernization because the Migos are what modernization is right now in music. But the um, the adaptation to crossing over into almost like poppy pop rap records and getting this Pharrell beat with a different type of bounce. Because especially if you're going to try and go for 24 songs you need to switch it up sonically and i really don't think they did that enough and at the nine slot on this album here stir fry is really a, a breath of fresh air and i like the way it fits in the track list um too much jewelry um <laughs> the irony is literally there is too much jewelry talk and the name of the song is too much jewelry so um yeah i'm gonna that, that song was a skip for me gang gang track 11 was another song where they sonically switched it up they kind of go with almost like a tropical beat here um 
there's the, 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 the melodic hook. It's really, it's really a different bounce for the Migos, and you see them trying to cross over a little bit more with this record, and I really think they pull it off. All the crossover attempts on this thing, they really pulled it off, and I'd like to see them try and go outside of their comfort zone more often, but I'll pick up where I left off in the next thing because again Anchor only lets me record in five minute increments and I don't realize how long I rant for when I do this I thought that was quick all right so um I'm, I'm not gonna continue to run through the next 10 tracks like that just because that took up way too much time and I don't want to drown you in this review I really want to keep this thing straight to the point but um I think that White Sand with Big Sean and Travis Scott at 12 was really good. Um, flooded is a song that's probably not going to be popular, but I like it. Flooded, 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 flooded. It's kind of like a lurky, kind of brings you back to the early Migos, like real gutter trap kind of vibe. And I'm happy that they went back to their roots on that song. Um, of course, uh, Motorsport is at the end of the track list here. Um, a standout record is Notice Me with Post Malone. Um, the Hook, I think the song is going to be a hit. The Hook is um, really well sung. I think that this is Takeoff's best verse he's ever had. I, I really am start on this album, I'm really starting to see what people are talking about with Takeoff. Takeoff can really rap, and I think that he had an agenda on this album. I think he was really trying to prove himself. The whole um, left off bad and bougie thing is really starting to come to fruition. I think he, um, I think that Takeoff has something to prove here, and it definitely would notice me. I notice you, Takeoff. I notice you. Um, that song could have been a lot better without the Quavo hook, actually. Quavo, um, or he does like a bridge after Post Malone's hook. Um, he does no verse. I think that Quavo, out of everyone on this thing, really needs to step it up overall. I think that um, he's getting the most repetitive, and I think that Takeoff and Offset are much better at rapping. He's 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 more of the conceptualizer. and. Um, I don't know about his concepts these days. His hooks are starting to sound a little lazy. Maybe I'm just getting used to it. But um, yeah, I like top down on Nelf. Over overall, man, I think that this album would have been good and close to comparable with the first Culture had it been trimmed down to about the same tracks as Culture, the first one. This is 24 again. Culture One was 13. If you trim the fat off this man, you can compare it. The singles are definitely not as strong, but uh, I really don't like comparing old work to new work, um, especially for groups. But when you when you name uh, your album a sequel title, then then you're asking for it. This thing is not Culture One. I like it. There's definitely good moments. It's just way too long. And um, yeah, that's my review. Okay, so as promised, I'm going to get into this Joey Badass Twitter rant about rap being in a trash state right now. But um, I'm going to run through it real quick because I'm trying to get to the show that I've been watching. I'm starting season two tonight of the show called Travelers, dude. Shit is fucking crazy. It's about fucking time travelers, people from the future, occupying hosts of bodies of people from now and preventing mass killings and saving the world and shit. Shit is fucking lit. But um, anyway, yeah. So Joey Badass took to his Twitter account on Wednesday, January 24th. And he started his rant with a tweet that reads, and I quote, Rap is in a very trash state right now, with very few exceptions that don't even get the love and attention that they deserve. And tweet. Now, the most important part about this tweet and this overall rant and this sentiment is who it's actually coming from. Because Joey Badass is somebody who 
has really transcended the generational gap in hip-hop. He really has transcended the generational divide. And he's been able to ride a unicycle down the middle of traditionalist boom-bap 90s hip-hop and um, the modernized bounce. Just because of his, his how organic his come-up was with his 1999 tape that was... Um, he just came out as a 17-year-old spitter from Brooklyn and was really getting championed by the old heads and the traditionalists and the hip-hop purists that were like, okay, he's the one. He's going to take the torch and keep this sound alive. Yes. And, um, and since then... He's uh, really experienced most of his success away from that sound with hit singles like Devastated that recently went platinum, really has that new bounce. There's no boom bap um, traditionalist hip hop to that song at all. It's a good record, but it's not what he came up as. Um, he co-wrote Rockstar for Post Malone. That's obviously um, very modernized. Um, he's gone viral freestyling over future beats with the new like, you know, he's got he's got the new feel now. But um, but what I'm really trying to say here is um, Joey Badass is wrong in a couple ways in this rant because, one, rap is not in a trash state. What the listeners are highlighting and making popular might be trash what's at the forefront just because rap is now pop music and it's, and it's just transcended the subculture of hip-hop. But um, if you look for it, I mean, there's plenty of great rappers out right now dropping albums i mean joey badass is one of them i mean we could we could the list goes on big crit saha the prince rhapsody um you know I, I don't need to go into all that but um of course there's good rap when you look at it rap is not in a trash state what's at the forefront what's being popularized by the listener it might be in a trash state but he's blaming the rappers here his next tweet is like where y'all souls at um, and he's saying music is the most influential force in the world. Pay attention to what's being oversaturated. It says something about the generation. Sound is vibration. Now, Joey is blaming the rappers here for oversaturating the same sound, which although it does happen, that is something that has kind of always happened. And he's contradicting himself here because he is capitalizing on these new sounds. So I really don't get what he's trying to say. There is a natural... Um, hypocrisy in what Joey's trying to say, especially when he ends the Twitter rant with, and I quote, okay, good night, I'm going to go make a trap record and tweet. So, I mean, this is obviously a cheeky, sarcastic statement. He kind of just wanted to end it off with a humor. He probably realized that he might have been contradicting himself a little bit, but um, um, wow, I really just said a humor. I meant to say a humorous tweet, but that's the cool part about anchors. I could just punch right in when I fuck up. Um, but I really don't have much more to say on this. Actually, I only have 50 seconds left uh, into this deep dive. So I guess all I was really trying to do was open the floor for a broader discussion of uh, do you agree with Joey? And do you think that rap is in a trash state right now? Or do you agree with me that just um, what the um, listeners are popularizing is what's at fault? Joey's basically blaming the rappers and their originality. I'm blaming the listeners and um, what uh, they decide to make popular and the um, the over what the overall population leans towards. Um, let me know what you think. I think it'd be cool if I could get a discussion going on my first podcast. That'd be fucking dope. That's, that's really what I'm here for. And I think that... Um, at the end of the day is what everyone on this app is here for. And um, I'm getting a fucking foot cramp. I'm about to watch that Traveler show.